My brothers and sisters of the Lord, I remember several years ago in a previous assignment, we were celebrating Pentecost Sunday. And at this particular mass, it was being celebrated as a children's liturgy. And so we had the children in the back of church and they all had their little flames of fire, this cord board that they were gonna carry in the entrance procession. The tongues as the fire. And so you can imagine having five, six, and seven-year-olds trying to gather them all in the back of the church with their little cardboard flames of fire. But there was a problem, as often there is when you work with children. One of the little boys forgot his cardboard flame of fire at home. And so he was running around the vestibule of the church, the narthex of the church, saying to the other children, I forgot my flame, I forgot my flame until one of the little girls tore off a piece of her flame and she gave it to the little boy. And she said, now you have your flame. Don't worry. And so the little boy was happy and the entrance procession began. And the little girl must have thought not only to share her flame with the little boy who forgot is at home, but as she was going down the aisle, she kept tearing her flame apart and giving it to the congregation. My brothers and sisters, I think that's a wonderful example of Pentecost. The Spirit of the Lord moving, sort of a visual representation of the Spirit of the Lord moving within the parish family, moving within the community, moving within our very lives. The joy of the Spirit. Today, my brothers and sisters, on this feast day of Pentecost, the last day of the Easter season, Fifty days ago, we celebrated the joy of Easter, the joy of the resurrection. And now we hear the disciples there in the upper room. And the Spirit comes like a strong driving wind. And the visual representation is tongues as a fire descending upon the disciples. And as they receive this gift of the Spirit, my brothers and sisters, they also receive the gift of courage to proclaim the good news. They receive this gift and strengthen it in charity for one another. They also experience a great unity. And that's why today we call Pentecost Sunday the birthday of the church. This unity of the disciples coming together to proclaim the good news and then going off to preach the message of the gospel. My brothers and sisters, just very briefly this morning, I want to reflect to you, reflect with you on certainly the gift of the Spirit and the celebration of Pentecost, but I want to reflect with you that gift as it relates to the family. As it relates to the family, as it relates to the church family, the parish family, those of us who make up the disciples of the Lord, but also how it relates very briefly to what we call the domestic church, the nuclear family. Because you see, my brothers and sisters, the family is under great attack in our world today. And there needs to be a renewal in family life. And the gift of the Spirit allows for that renewal, a renewal in the church, a renewal in our nuclear families, a renewal in our very lives. And so we see, my brothers and sisters, I'd like to offer to you three lessons that we can take from this great Feast of Pentecost and apply them to family life. The first, my brothers and sisters, I use three C's. The first C is communication. 
communication because what happens after the Spirit descends upon the disciples? They begin to speak. They begin to proclaim the good news. They begin to communicate the message of the gospel. And all of these different groups of people begin to hear the good news in their native tongue. A great miracle. And they even say, aren't these individuals from Galilee? Yet we can hear them. It's often like when you travel outside of New Orleans and we have our accent. Aren't you from New Orleans? You see, my brothers and sisters, there was an understanding. Even more than everyone speaking the English language, it was in their own native tongue. That's how they heard the good news. The Spirit was at work. You see, my brothers and sisters, as members of the body of Christ, which is the church, we are called to communicate, to bring forth, to evangelize the message of the gospel. To allow that message to permeate, not only here in this church building, but to permeate every aspect of our lives and every aspect of our society. Because certainly, my brothers and sisters, when it comes to communicating the gospel, we live in a time and we live in a society in which many people are very hostile to the message. Many people don't even want to hear the message. Many people don't want us even to speak the message. That's only for church. But my brothers and sisters, the message is not just for the church building. It is to be proclaimed from the rooftops of the wonders and the greatness of God. How do we communicate that message? How does it relate to the family? Well, a foundational principle of family life, my brothers and sisters, is communication. And it's often why we see breakdowns in the family. Survey after survey after survey says that there are two great factors that when couples are first married in their first year, there are two factors that they find most difficult. Two. One is finances, and the second is communication. They don't know how to communicate with one another, how to be able to share problems and difficulties, how to be able to share joys. How do we communicate within our family? Do we have time to communicate with each other? Whether it be a spouse or children or grandchildren, do we make that time? Because with the advent of technology and where we're moving, my brothers and sisters, we're able to communicate a lot of information very fast, but we're losing personal contact. We're losing the relationship that the communication forms. You see, the disciples were communicating the message of the gospel, and it was forming a bond. And we're called to do the same. The first C is communication. The second C that we look at on this great feast or solemnity of Pentecost is commitment. Communication and commitment. Because you see, my friends, the disciples were committed. Jesus told them to wait for the coming of the Spirit. They were committed. And in their commitment, my brothers and sisters, they were willing to spread the good news of the gospel, and for most of them, it meant their martyrdom. They would give their life for the Lord. My friends, when it comes to our church family, when it comes to our faith family, are we committed? Are we committed to the message of the gospel? Are we committed to what we believe? Do we stand up for what we believe? Or do we just go the way of society, we keep our mouths shut, we don't want to ruffle anybody else's feathers? 
You see, my friends, there's got to be a commitment for the Lord. Because either we stand with Jesus or we're standing against him. As Jesus says in the gospel, either you're with me or you're against me. And many times, my brothers and sisters, by our silence, we do not give witness to the good news. We fail in that commitment. Certainly in family life, my friends, there has to be a commitment. Are we committed to one another? And in that commitment, my brothers and sisters, are we willing to do whatever is necessary to sacrifice for the good of the other, for the good of the spouse, for the good of our children, for the good of our grandchildren? However that nuclear family may look, are we committed? Is there a commitment? And that renewal of the spirit allows us to renew our commitment to one another, to family life, to the message of the gospel. Communication, commitment, and the final C that I will offer you is compassion. Compassion means to be able to feel with. You'll notice after the Feast of Pentecost, what was happening amongst the disciples, they began to do things in common. They were taking care of widows and orphans. They were having compassion as a church. As a church, we're called to be a compassionate church to feel with people, to walk with people in their joys and in their struggles. When the sun is bright and when the, no and when the darkness is great, wherever it may be, we're called to be compassionate. Now, my brothers and sisters, let's never forget that to be compassionate does not mean we do not stand for the truth. Because oftentimes in society, we mix all of that up. If I want to be compassionate, then I have to do whatever you say, even if it doesn't coincide with what I believe. That's not compassion, my brothers and sisters. It is not being compassionate to leave someone in their sinfulness. I'm not saying go in and beat them over the head with the Bible, but it's not compassion to leave them there. Because our compassion is the salvation of souls, the work of the gospel. What does Jesus pray? Father, that none of them may be lost. Compassion in the work of the church. And as it relates in the family, do we have compassion in the family? You know, my brothers and sisters, I've been a priest for 12 years and I've come across individuals who have been mad at their spouse for the last 20 years. Because you know what he did to me 20 years ago. And usually it's something foolish. He forgot my anniversary 20 years ago and I'll never forgive that man. That's not forgiveness. That's not compassion. Do we have compassion in the family? Do we feel with one another? Do we journey with one another? You see, my brothers and sisters, as we celebrate this great feast of Pentecost, as we hear in the gospel today, what does Jesus say to the disciples? Peace be with you. Now, that's a very different greeting than coming up to him say, how y'all doing today? I'm back. Peace be with you. Because without the movement of the Spirit, the peace that Jesus is speaking about, you and I will never experience. Because it's the peace that only He can give. That no matter what the heartache or the trial is, that there is always joy. Because we place our trust in the Lord Jesus. And then with how does Jesus finish? Peace be with you. 
As the Father has sent me, so I send you. My brothers and sisters, we are called and we are sent. On this great feast of Pentecost, let us ask for a renewal of the Spirit in the life of the church, in the life of the domestic church, our own nuclear families, so that we too may hear the call and we may respond just as our Blessed Mother did. Let it be done unto me according to thy will.